This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie Calvert, and Bree will not be joining us today. She's on a little trip to New York, so we'll miss her today. Pelicans coming off a great first win last night at Milwaukee. There's a final score of 112-106. to The team will move to 1-8 before they play the Lakers, who are at 5-4 Saturday at home at the Smoothie King Center. Coach Gentry went with a new starting lineup last night of Tim Frazier, Etwan Moore, Dante Cunningham, Anthony Davis, and Terrence Jones. And he said that will sort of be situational based moving forward based on the lineups that the team will be facing. He was noncommittal about whether Asik and Hill would be back in that starting lineup. AD had another great performance, went off for 32 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 blocks alongside Etwan Moore's season high of 20 points, including a 14-point third quarter. So he was... Big spark for the Pelicans offensively last night as well. Tim Frazier again with a double-double, 15 points, 10 assists, also adding five boards for the Pelicans. Stat that our Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer pointed out, Pelicans reserves shot 50% from the field last night, and that's sort of been a weak point for the Pelicans so far this season. That second unit coming off the bench, so big spark offensively, big factor in that win last night. Again, the Pelicans will play the 5-4 the and four Lakers Saturday at home. Lakers played the Kings last night, coming off a 101-91 to win against the Kings. This is a young Lakers lineup after losing Kobe Bryant to his retirement this past offseason, but they've had some big-time wins against the Rockets and the Warriors so far this season. Look for D'Angelo Russell, who's averaging 15.6 points per game, Nick Young, 14.7, Julius Randle, 14.6. So they have some guys that can shoot the ball well. Also have that new rookie, Brandon Ingram, who's averaging about six points, little three and a half, three point six rebounds, one point three assists per game. So he's someone that they're sort of looking to build around in the future as well. Coach Luke Walton, who Alvin Gentry is familiar with after serving alongside him at the Warriors when they were both there. So he's obviously off to a great start as a rookie head coach. Saints also have a big weekend coming up, taking on the reigning Super Bowl champion Broncos Sunday at the Super the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. That's a 12 p.m. kick. Saints coming off that 41-23 victory at the 49ers, looking to move above the 500 mark for the first time since 2013. While the Broncos at 6-3 have lost three of their last five, desperately in need of a bye, um, lots of injuries affecting them. Passing game going to be huge this weekend for both teams. Broncos currently allow the fewest passing yards per game, so we have the Broncos' number one pass defense versus the Saints' number one pass offense, strength versus strength here. Broncos have Vaughn Miller, an elite pass rusher. All the Saints sung his praises this past week in media availability. Zach Streif said he's the kind of player kids create in Madden, so definitely look out for him. He's been heralded by Peyton and Drew Brees as well. Actually, when the Broncos face the Saints this Sunday, it will mean that this number one pass-rated defense has faced the league's top five quarterbacks in passing yardage in the past 10 weeks. Breeze is second in passing yards. The Broncos already face Matt Ryan, who's number one, Andrew Luck, Phillip Rivers, and Derek Carr. And they've held all of those quarterbacks to less than 270 yards passing per game. So it will be interesting to see if Drew Breeze can break through that mark 
at number two in passing yards in the league so far. Broncos also, however, rank in the league's bottom 10 teams in rushing yardage amassed and allowed. So since the last two games, Saints have run for 43% of their total rushing yards on the season with Tim Hightower and Mark Ingram posting great performances through the last two games. will be interesting to see if they go towards the run more with such a good pass um, blocking defense. Broncos, like I said, little heralded by injuries. They'll be without Derek Wolf, and we are going to talk to the Broncos digital reporter, Andrew Mason, today, who will give us an update on some of those injuries, who he thinks will play this weekend, and his analysis of the game. We're also going to hear from Coach Gentry and Etwan Moore after last night's Pelicans win before they head back home to face the Lakers on Saturday. Win the night for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is Saturday, November 12th against the Los Angeles Lakers. For more information and to plan your next winning night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans, like I said, coming off that first win last night in Milwaukee with a final score of 112-106. to We're going to hear from Coach Gentry, who expressed relief after finally knocking that first win. Coach, congratulations on your first win of the season. <laughs> yeah, feels good, really. You know, uh, we've been close, and, uh, you know, I think we played some good basketball, but, uh, you know, always kind of came up a little short, and... Uh, uh, I thought tonight, you know, down the stretch, you know, although we got to get one of those five offensive rebounds, but uh, I thought when we had to come up with the biggest one, we did. So, you know, for us, a win is a win, and I'm I'm not going to look at anything negative about it. I can do that tomorrow or some other time, but right now just to, to have a win, because those guys have worked so hard in there. They deserve, you know, to win, and uh, the way they worked and the way they kind of hung together and the way they, you know, just – just, just stayed and kind of stuck it out and, 
and fought, and uh, you know they they deserve this. So I'm I'm happy for for our players as much as anything. Coach, in the third quarter, Etuan Moore scores 14. Your defense comes out of the locker room with a pretty good mindset. How big was that quarter in the in the whole frame of things? Well, you know, I, I thought it was a big quarter, but even more so than that, I thought when they, uh, you know, they cut into the lead and got it all the way to three, I think, at one, one stage, and then I think we scored like six straight or something. So, you know, to me, I just felt like uh, it was one of those nights where, you know, between AD and Etuan and the other guys out there, uh, they just weren't going to let us lose. Defensively, can you give us some, some sense of, of what you had hoped to accomplish and, and how you did it against, say, a guy like Atetokounmpo? Well, it, it wasn't so much doing it against him because, uh, he, he, I mean, he's going to get the ball where he wants to go, and you got to live with some of the stuff that they do. I thought Jabari was great. Uh, our whole goal was to try to make him a jump shooter, and, you know, he jumped up and made him, and that's, uh, that's a part of his game that I think has been vastly improved. Uh, the one thing that we tried to do is that we tried to make sure that we didn't have game plan mistakes like we did the last time we played him, and, you know, we free up Deladova for uh, three three-pointers, and, you know, Talatovic ended up hitting, you know, three three-pointers against us, and, and, and they were all because of uh, game plan mistakes. So one of the things that we tried to do is make sure that we didn't make game plan mistakes, and I thought we did a good job with that. And, uh, and because of that, you know, we could absorb 32 points from uh, uh, Jabari, but we couldn't do it if we were going to have, you know, Deladova with 12 and Talalovic, Talalovic. With uh, with either you know ten, twelve, fourteen points, we couldn't absorb that, uh, but we could take a hit from Jabari, and most of Jabari's were just great plays. You know, I mean, I thought we defended it pretty, pretty good, but uh, you know, he drives that ball to the basket. He does a great job, and uh, you know, like I said, his jump shot is vastly improved, and he ma- he makes it a tough cover. Coach, last one for me, real quick, if you don't mind. Um, you you shook up your starting lineup a little bit tonight. All five of those guys finished in double figures. Is that something you'd like to maybe move forward with based on that? Uh, you know, it's still, I think, going to be, you know, who the opponent is and, and the situation. It'll be situational basketball. So I was really happy with the way we played, and I thought we got off to a good start, and uh, I thought we were good defensively also, although, you know, they, they, they made a bunch of shots in the first half, but they were shots that we were going to live with. So uh, I would say all in all, I, I like the defensive effort, and, and we didn't have those live turnovers that hurt us the last time against these guys. So, you know, I thought it was, you know, they we followed the game plan, and I thought because of that, we allowed ourselves an opportunity to win. You hung in a lot of these games. Uh, when the buzzer went off and you finally came out on top of one of these, was it a sense of relief, or what was the? Hell yeah. You know, it was, of course it was relief. You know, I mean, are you kidding me? We are 0-8, and, and, you know, and fighting for our lives, and, you know, Everything that, that we've done at some kind of way have kind of gone bad. And, and, and to be able to, to finish the game and come away with a win, yeah, it's, it's relief. We're not going to sit here and go, you know, oh, yeah, it was just another game. No, it, it, it was huge relief for us. You work from the foul line in a road game like this, 25 to 27. Do you, do you expect that of your guys? Uh, we'd like to have it. We don't expect it, though. But, you know, because we've struggled somewhat from the foul line. We've had close losses, and we missed 13 foul shots or 12 foul shots. And in those situations, you just can't afford to, to do that. But I thought tonight we stepped to the line and shot them great. And because of that, you know, we were able to keep a little separation. What do you feel this means to your players? To, to oh, I just think it's just a little bit of, I mean, it's relief. It's, you know, I mean, no one wants to be going into the, you know, the 10th game of the season without a win. 
and uh, just, to, just to have a win and to know that if we do what we're supposed to, we can beat a good team. Because I do think that's a good basketball team. I think they're young, uh, but I think they're very athletic, and I think you're going to see them beat some very high-quality teams in this league uh, because they're very much athletic and very much long. So, you know, for us to just have a win against a team that, that we really respect and, you know, I think Jay Kidd does a great job with them and, and utilize them great, you know, uh, like uh, Giannis and, and, and Jabari. He puts them in great situations to be successful. So to have a win against a team like this, we just needed anything, but to have it against a quality team like this means a lot. Etwan Moore also spoke after the game last evening, coming off a season high of 20 points, including a 14-point third-quarter experience. We're going to hear how he was able to be so aggressive in the third quarter. Anthony Davis leads the Pelicans with 32 points and eight rebounds tonight. And not far behind him is Etwan Moore. He's our post-game guest. 20 points on the night, 14 of which came in that crucial third quarter. Etwan, congratulations. Finally, you all have got that first win of the season. Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, no, it was a good win for us, and, man, we was itching for it, so good to get one. It's one thing to itch. It's another thing to scratch it and claw and fight like you all did tonight. And I'm not saying you haven't been doing that because you have, but I'm sure it's nice to be rewarded for the efforts here with the win tonight. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, we had a lot of close games, so we just stay positive and say we're going to stick with it here. You know, we keep playing like that. Um, eventually, we'll win more and more games. So what happened to you in the third quarter? You just started just to go nuts, 14 points in the in the frame. No, I just try to stay aggressive. Um, you know, come off, um, you know, being aggressive, coming out looking for my shot, and, you know, it was falling. So uh, that helped put us up and, you know, just try to help us win the game. Each one, when you guys finished up the first quarter, you were down, but you had an eight-point second quarter to go into the half. Take us on the, men the mental side and the mentality of the team as you guys put the clamps on Milwaukee in the second quarter and for the first time in a while really built a lot of momentum into halftime to come out in the second half. Can you share with us what it was like with the, what the guys were saying and what you all were talking about with one another with how you built that in the quarter? Oh, that was huge, you know, because we was only up by a couple points. We like, close out the half, close out the half. Um, you know, we didn't do a good job of that at the uh, previous game, so we like we get momentum going in the half, then, you know, um, give us a good chance going to the third quarter and uh, winning the game. What does a win do for this team heading back home for the weekend? Uh, you know, definitely boosts our spirits, let us know that <laughs> a win is possible, you know, after losing, what, seven straight? You know, it's very frustrating, you know, so it's very satisfying to get this win. Congratulations, Etuan, as always. We enjoyed your work tonight. We appreciate the visit. All right, yeah, thank you. Pelicans will be back in action tomorrow night at home versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Andrew Mason, the senior digital reporter for the Broncos. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. 
Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Get ready for the Red Hot Chili Peppers live in concert. January 10th, Smoothie King Center. With special guest Trombone Shorty and Orleans Avenue and Jack Irons, The Chili Peppers. New album, The Getaway, available now. Tickets on sale now at all Ticketmaster outlets, Ticketmaster.com, and the venue box office. Red Hot Chili Peppers, live. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. This is Cassie Calvert, and I'm joined by Andrew Mason, the senior digital reporter for the Broncos. Thanks for speaking with us this morning, Andrew. No problem. Good to talk to you. So the Broncos are the reigning Super Bowl champions right now at 6-3, and three, but they've lost three of their last five. That Oakland game Sunday saw the team control the ball for just over 18 minutes of play. What does this team have to do to right the ship? Well, I think you hit on it with just over 18 minutes of play. That was actually their worst time of possession in a 60-minute game in at least the last quarter century. So the first thing is they've got to control the ball. They've got to have some sustained drives. Against Oakland last week, they went three and out on their first four possessions. By the time they got a first down, Oakland had a 13 nothing lead because Slow starts have not just been a problem for their offense, but their defense as well. In three of the last five games, they've fallen behind double digits early, 10 nothing to Atlanta, 10 nothing to San Diego, 13 nothing to Oakland. So they've got to have some sustained drives, and they've got to have them right out of the blocks. If they get off to another slow start, they could be in danger having another long day. Like you mentioned, that Broncos offense has gone three and out on nearly half of its 51 possessions over the last four games. Trevor Simeon obviously dealing with a sore shoulder. Does that play a factor, do you think? And what do you think his status will be for Sunday? Well, I mean, it hasn't affected him in terms of the uh, uh, the distance and velocity on his throws. He's still able to throw deep. He's had three deep balls in the last two games, one to Jordan Norwood for a touchdown uh, against Oakland, and then a couple to Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders against San Diego a week earlier, but clearly it's, it, it may be having some kind of effect because his uh, his air yards per attempt, which was uh, not that high uh, even before the injury, is actually down by uh, eight-tenths of a yard and to below a 4.0 yard air yards per attempt. So that, so it's had some, it has had an effect. He still is dealing with some soreness in his shoulder. He talked about that this week. And frankly, uh, every time he, you see him get hit, you kind of wince a little bit, knowing that uh, it was uh, on a heavy hit on the shoulder that he got hurt in the first place. And uh, certainly they've adapted some things to try to account for that, a little more short passing, trying to get the ball out quickly to avoid contact on him. So he's able to make all the throws, but clearly they're trying to minimize the, the contact he absorbs from the pass rush, and that's affected their play calling. You wrote that there could be more opportunities for tight ends in this offense after Virgil Green showed his comfort last week. Do you think that adjustment could help kickstart the offense? It could. They need to get the tight ends more involved. That's something they were counting on. It hasn't quite been there. Virgil Green had an injury earlier in the season. It cost him uh, cost him a few weeks, and he's just now rounding back into form. The other guy they want to get involved is A.J. Derby, for whom they traded from the Patriots uh, just the just a week before the trade deadline, he's still learning the offense, and he's more of a pass catching threat. He's not a guy who's going to be, uh, a, he's not a guy who's going to be huge as a blocker. He's still learning how to play tight end because he just took up tight end 
uh, his team here at Arkansas in 2014, then got drafted by the Patriots. They targeted him once last week. He dropped the pass. But uh, they're Simeon and Gary Kubiak have praised what he's done in practice so far and what he's been, he's been able to learn. If they can get him involved, he could be a threat. He actually led the entire NFL in the preseason in receptions and receiving yardage by a tight end. So if they can get him involved, that will open some things up because one thing that, that Trevor Simeon needs, if, if he's going to make a controlled passing game work, he needs short, intermediate, inside targets. What better than the tight ends to get those guys involved? So on the other side of the ball, the passing game, obviously an interesting matchup when you have the Saints number one pass offense, Broncos number one pass defense. Who do you think has the upper hand there? Well, I would say the Saints have the upper hand simply because the Broncos are going to, are playing injured there. You know, you have a keep to leave. He's missed all, all of this week's practices. He had an injection in his lower back. He's missed the last couple of games because of that lower back issue. And uh, unless there's a, a, a big change, I imagine he's probably not going to play Sunday so they can get to the bye, get him another week of rest, and get him back in the lineup. And then on, up front, you're missing Derek Wolf, who's been their best defensive lineman, not just against the run, but in pass rush as well. And you take him out of the equation, then you're going to have to get almost all of your rush from the edge from Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. And while they can still do that, if you don't have Derek Wolf, that means you don't have that inside rush that can really potentially get to Drew Brees quickly. That's in, as you know, Drew gets the ball out so fast that uh, you know you can even have the quickest edge rushers, and they're not necessarily going to disrupt Drew Brees simply because he's he's releasing the ball in you know two seconds or, or less because he's he's such a quick reader of defenses. So without Derek Wolf providing that interior rush, it compromises things, and without Keith Tlaib on the back end, you know you're going to have Chris Harris Jr. who can lock down his guy, but Bradley Roby who stepped up uh, played extensively the last couple of weeks, he's did well against San Diego, struggled mildly against Oakland, and then it's a young and relatively inexperienced core of cornerbacks after that. So I, th- I think uh, certainly the, the Broncos, they're not in the position they want to be in going against a, a, an offense as potent as the Saints. Obviously having that bye week coming up will definitely help them get some guys back. But you mentioned Von Miller, and the Saints sung his praises and media availability this week. Zach Streif said he's the kind of player kids create in Madden, Creighton, Breeze and Peyton, excuse me, also had high praise for him. How does the the Saints team prepare for a lineup that includes him and Demarcus Ware? Well, you prepare by simple by simply allowing Drew Brees to do what he does best. That's get the ball out fast and make those quick reads. Maybe this isn't a game where you're going to have much in the way of a vertical passing game, but if you're going to if you hit those underneath targets, then you can get the ball out before even Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware can get there. Fast as they are off the edge, if you're making that, if you're making that quick read on the inside, if you're hitting those guys on, on quick outs and, and quick slants and, and drag routes and crossing routes, then that's the best way to defuse uh, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. Also, maybe even get the screen game going from time to time with Tim Hotower and, uh, and Mark Ingram. So the, the Saints have so many weapons that they're the rare kind of offense that may be able to use its speed and the, and the quick reads from Drew Brees to defuse Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware. But if the Broncos do get in front, something they've struggled to do recently, but if they can get a lead and force Drew Brees to hang in there in the pocket for an extra second, second and a half, then that brings Ware and Miller into the equation. That's where they can be most disruptive. This defense is designed to play with a lead. It's, you know, 
you know, get the Broncos get in front and then kind of and then basically turn Ware and Miller and Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett, they're all their edge rushers because they they rotate all four of those guys and turn those guys loose and let them make plays. So, you know, the fact that Broncos have been battling from behind, it's prevented those guys from having the kind of impact they want to have. So this Broncos team has struggled both to stop the rush and produce rushing yards. Do you attribute that to injuries, or do you expect either of those to change? Well, uh, certainly the injury of Derek Wolf affected them in the second half. They were struggling to run, uh, or struggling to defend the run, pardon me, against Oakland, even before that. So there, there's some issues. They lost Malik Jackson in free agency defensive end. That's been crucial. Uh, Vance Walker was supposed to replace Malik Jackson. He tours East on training camp. Jared Crick, is a, who's replaced him, has been more of a pass rush threat uh, than a guy who's uh, one of the better run defenders. And then you know, they lost Dan Trevath, an inside linebacker in free agency. And while Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis do a good job, you know, really you know, being able to hit the holes, you know, there's been some missed tackles here and there, and that's turned some moderate gains into big ones. Another thing that's been a problem it's not the Broncos are being beaten straight up on power runs. It's a lot of counters, a lot, a lot of counter moves, and also a lot of times where you'll get two, you know, two offensive linemen, you know, going you know, tag teaming one three technique, and it's on it's on a play where they, you know, the linebackers are shaded to the other side, and so they struggle to catch up. So teams have done some things schematically to really make some really caused some problems for the Broncos' run defense. I don't necessarily know if those things are going to be fixed even when they get back to full health. So despite the recent losses, the Broncos are fairly comfortable at 6-3 and three right now. They're only one game back in the AFC West. What do you think the rest of the season looks like for this team, and what kind of playoff run do you see for them? Well, I think uh, the next couple of games are going to be crucial. This game against the Saints, then coming back out of the bye against Kansas City at home. Um you know, they're obviously not where they want to be in terms of, of injuries and health going into this game. But if they can get a split from these two, get that home, whether it's a win at New Orleans or a home win over Kansas City, then they go in December. And there are some tough games down the line, but in December they have a road trip swing that sees them go to Jacksonville and Tennessee. And I think that's a chance for them to get back on solid footing and get to the, and get to the postseason. And then after that, it's interesting because – Obviously, this team, you know, it's had some issues against the run, but it has a fierce pass rush, and it's a speed, it's a speed-based defense. It's the kind of it's the kind of defense and the kind of team that has given New England trouble in Foxborough over the years. You look at the Patriots when they get in the postseason. What have they lost at home? Well, they've lost to teams like uh, the the Ravens. Uh, they lost to the Jets when Rex Ryan was there. These are speed and pressure-based defenses that can get to Tom Brady and disrupt that passing game. So the Broncos actually have the kind of team that if they have to go into Foxborough, they can win. It's you know, it, it'll take getting a little bit better against the run, I think, and then a little and then a little more confidence in the passing game and much better balance on offense. If they keep going three and out, that's going to uh, negate any anything they do on defense. But if they can fix that, then they have the kind of team that can actually go on the road in the playoffs and win if they have to. So even though they're behind by a game in the AFC West, you know it's all is not lost. And also in their favor, they still have two games with Kansas City home and away. They close with Oakland in Week 17 at home. So there are chances for them to get back in and win the AFC West. So if you had to give one key for both teams going into this weekend to win this game, what would that be? 
Well, I would set with the Broncos. I would start with he's got to sustain some drives, not only uh, not only to, to to avoid the pitfalls of the last few weeks, but just simply to keep Drew Brees and company off the field. You, this is the game where you need some balanced ten to twelve play drives that you know that don't stall in the red zone. You've got to make sure you fully capitalize on it. If you can have those drives that you know, three three or four long touchdown drives. That's going to that's going to have the best chance of changing what the Saints do, and I think the Saints conversely, you know, limit the Broncos' drives. You know, the, the offense, the Broncos' offense has struggled. You know, New Orleans' defense has to kind of keep the Broncos' offense off balance and, and off schedule. And if it can do that, then the Broncos are going to have the same kind of problems that they've had in the last few weeks. So, what do you think the game outcome is going to be? Ooh. Well, you know, working for the Broncos side, of course, I'd probably, <laughs> I'd probably go with a with a Broncos win. You know, I, I think I think they can win again if they, it all comes down to uh, whether they can sustain those drives. And if they can, if if they can do that, then the the opening is there. But I think Denver to win is probably going to have to score thirty, going to have to score thirty one points, and uh, you know, we'll see if they can do that. Thank you so much for the time and do some really great insight there from the Broncos Senior Digital Reporter. We appreciate it. No problem. Take care, Kathy. Have a once-in-a-lifetime experience at a New Orleans Pelicans home game. Get up close and personal with seats that put your feet on the hardwood and sit you within arm's length of NBA superstars. Pelicans floor seats are now available and come with access to private hospitality during the game, plus invitations to exclusive team and premium events. It's the best way to experience NBA action. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com and score your seats today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious chunky chicken and sausage gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834-7330. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. Big weekend for the Pelicans and Saints. Pelicans taking on the Lakers at home Saturday night. And then the Saints will play host to the reigning Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome at a 12 p.m. kick. Saints fans, be sure to check this Sunday's honorary captain, Master Sergeant Gilbert Thompson, a mental health technician in the U.S. Air Force, brought to you by Community Coffee, the official coffee of the New Orleans Saints. Enjoy this great sports weekend coming your way, Saints and Pelicans fans, and we'll see you back next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.